Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Well, hello again, Kitchen Table Theologians. Jeff Cranston with you on a very special day, a very special podcast. And our guest today is Mike Lynch. And Mike has been the lead pastor at North Star Church in Kennesaw, the Kennesaw-Ackworth area, northwest Atlanta, right, Mike? That's right. That's right. We we could say that. Yep. Uh, Near Atlanta in Georgia. He's a graduate of Liberty University and New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. And Mike, much like me, outkicked his coverage, and he married his best friend and his college sweetheart, Anne, and two children, Casey and Mary Michael. And if you're a sports fan like Mike and I are, you will love this because Mike played baseball at Liberty University. And you're doing at Alatoona what I did for a number of years here. You're the varsity pitching coach. That's right. At Alatoona High School, which is great, and also is a chaplain for their football team, Every fall, Mike also serves as a guest chaplain for the Atlanta Falcons and some of the other NFL teams that come through town and they need prayer to the Falcons whoop up on them. And um, (laughs) in his spare time, and North Star is a large, large church, and Mike has no spare time, but he's the host of the podcast Lynch with a Leader. And so, Kitchen Table Theologians, I want to encourage you to go on wherever you listen to your podcast from and find Lynch, L-I-N-C-H, Lynch with a Leader. And, you know, I read a little bit of the info, Mike, from your podcast, and I thought it was great because it says, if you were able to sit down and with some of the greatest leaders in the world, what would you ask? Mm. And then what would they say? And then I've listened to a number of the podcasts, and you do a great job on those interviews. And Man, they are rich with a lot of background information on people's lives, and most of them I had heard of. Some of them I hadn't, but boy, you know, I love listening and learning about people I've never heard about before. And so thank you for doing that, and Mike just really asks a lot of quality questions to help bring out the leadership principles from some of these great leaders, and you find a little bit out about the secret behind their success. And so Kitchen Table Theologians, we'll link Mike's podcast in our show notes, and I'll remind you about that again at the end of the show. But today, we're going to talk about theology. We're going to talk about the theology, especially in the American church. Mike's been a pastor for three, I guess you're you're going in your fourth decade yeah. now, I would guess, Mike, somewhere along that line. You and I, So thank you for being on the podcast today, man. Thank you for joining us. I am so honored, Jeff, and I'm a listener of your podcast, and I love how you break down theology into bite-sized chunks and make it doable. And uh, man, it's, you know, anytime I'm over your way, I try to pop in, try to pop in church over there. I love you guys at Low Country and what you're doing and the difference you're making in your community. So thrilled to be on here today. I hate I'm not in Hilldead doing it live. I'll be honest with you. I'd rather, I'd rather be at the beach oh, than on I Zoom. I wish you were. I thought if I'd have known you were here on vacation, I would have oh, grabbed you. Oh man. But, just yeah, anytime you want a live today. episode, you let me know for a, I just need an excuse, <laughs> man. I'll be right over. We'll send our uh, private kitchen table theology plane up to Atlanta, pick you, pick you up. 
pick you up and bring you I don't you know down. if my wife will let me on that plane, but that'd be fine. <laughs> if I were you, I wouldn't get on it if it was one of ours. But hey, listen, before we dive into theology in the American church, tell us a little bit about yourself along the lines of what has transpired in your life and in your calling that you have stayed at the same church since 1997. And that, you know, I used to say that beats most of the odds. That about beats all of the odds. I've been here since 99. And man, you are in rarefied air to be in one church that long. I guess the question would, you know, why and how and what benefits do you see from a long-term pastorate? Well, that's so good, Jeff. You know, I don't think I ever knew that would happen, but I sure am thankful it did. So some of it was, I think, a pre-bred thing. My dad was with his company 46 years, same company. My mom was with the same bank for 30 plus years. So I watched my parents. They planted their roots and they just built a life. And I remember the mid-90s when we started first started hearing the name Rick Warren and the purpose-driven church stuff that they were doing. I remember hearing Rick going, I'm dedicating my life to this community. And I remember hearing that and going, you know, that'd be really neat to see kids that come in and grow up and grow old. And I got to be there for the whole journey, but I don't want to do that and be their chaplain. I want it to be more (laughs) active and loving and growing. And so God has just been gracious. He's been gracious to give us a church that let us fail and do, do say lead with not all the you know all the brightness I probably could have but they were very gracious and grace giving and and man I wouldn't trade it for the world I pray that the Lord allows me to finish my journey there and to pass that baton on to the one who's going to take it higher and do it better than I ever did and uh, man it's been a great run and I'm so thankful so next summer so I was a youth pastor for 5 years before coming to North Star, next summer I'll right. do the first wedding of someone that I married. So I married this couple. They were my very first wedding 25 years ago, and I'm going to do their daughter's wedding next summer. <laughs> and and that makes my day. I love all the things I get to do, but to know yeah. that I've gotten to be a part of seeing them get married and dedicating her and baptizing her and watching her go off to college and watching her meet somebody. Wow. And I just keep getting younger. I mean, I, it's the craziest part yeah. about it is I just, you know, we're Benjamin Button. We just keep going backwards. <laughs> so it's a joy. And knowing that church has watched my kids grow up and come to know the Lord and go in, both of them are in ministry now, different places. But to see that, man, it's the joy of my life. It really is yeah. the joy of my life. I love that. And I wish more pastors could catch that because I, you know, it depends on what survey you're reading, but I generally see the average tenure of an evangelical pastor in America is somewhere always between three and five years. That's right. Yeah. And I felt like it took me three years to even figure out what was going on my first three years. Yep. You know, and then to leave the leave not long after that. And I think it happens because usually after the third year, the fourth year, they start trying to effect change. Yep. And that's when they get invited to leave. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> so and, 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 and so you're like me though. We had the blessing of starting North star. And so all the problems, mm. we created the problems that I didn't inherit anybody's problems. We created them. Nobody to blame, right? Nobody to blame. But I look yeah. at, man, I look at other guys that have done it for a church that's been around a hundred years. And man, and I tip my cap because I know yeah. that they probably endured some tough times to get there, but would they earn that trust and they earn that right to lead? There's nothing like it in the world. Yeah. And it's just so rare. So thanks for being, Thank you for being one of those guys. Let me ask you about some of the people you've talked with on the podcast, yeah. because your goal is to bring out some of the spiritual principles in their lives that are behind whatever success they might have been experiencing. But you started the podcast in 2017, and you've seen, I'm guessing you have seen and heard some good theological principles coming out of some of the leadership stories that you've heard. Can you just sort of in a generic way, and if you want to drill down, drill down, but yeah. Do you see theology working itself out in some of the lives of the these great leaders that you have interviewed? You know, I think the ones, Jeff, that have made the greatest kingdom impact. So they're not waving the banner, I'm a Christian, but they're truly kingdom-minded. I think theology mm -hmm. plays a huge role in their lives, and I think all of them would almost tell you, yes, I'm a professional baseball scout but I'm really just a minister disguised as a professional baseball scout. And mm -hmm. therefore, to make it in that world, I better know what I know, and I better believe, better understand what I believe and the depths of what I believe because it's going to get challenged. You and I have the easiest job. We go to our office on Monday. They go into the lion's den. And so for right. some of these guys and ladies, man, I look at it and go, I don't know that their faith and Christ likeness may not be a little deeper than mine because they're living the battle every day. And so I have been blown away at the depth of some of these people. I've known their names for years and thought, well, I know they're a Christian, but then you start hearing their heart for the Lord and what God's doing in their lives. It blows your mind. I love that. That's what I like about the podcast. And the other thing, and you mentioned you have interviewed a lot of women on there, which yeah. I just love hearing that because when you start doing those things, uh, leadership, theology, my experience is it tends to be a male-dominated world. That's right. That's right. And if we allow that to happen, we are missing out on a great deal. So some of those interviews you've done with some of those ladies have been, I just think, been some of the best on the podcast. So you know, that leads me into this next question, because, yeah. you know, we're talking about, and we have a number of ministers that listen to Kitchen Table Theology, but the vast majority are people getting up, going to work, doing their jobs, just like folks, just like you described. Yeah. And that sort of, that leads me to this question, because I think sometimes there's this quiet understanding that theology should be left to the professionals. Mm -hmm. And talk about Number one, who is a theologian? And number two, why it's a bad idea mm. if we only leave theology up to the professionals? What are your thoughts on yeah, that? I think it's a fantastic question because Jesus disposed of that with his first group. So there were no professionals in the crowd that Jesus put around him. I mean, those guys, those guys were as raw as raw could be. 
but they had a hunger for what could be. And I think put inside every person is that hunger. I think that, you know, I think the church, and I say the church proper, the church has made it a category. And well, I couldn't be that because I'm just a business person or a real estate agent or a lawyer, a doctor, a ball coach or a scout. I could never be that. I don't think that was ever God's intention. Now, I do think there are those that are able to take it deeper than you and I can. Maybe they're the ones that definitely have insights I don't have that I can learn from. But that ability to grow and to learn and to study is accessible to all of us. So I think we have created the category that God never intended for that category to exist. Because, you know, the, one of the main reasons we started the podcast here at Kitchen Table Theology is because I kept running into folks, and I'm sure you have too, within the church that just dismiss theology and the study of theology because it's it was assumed to be too difficult. That's right. And what I hear you saying is we have helped to produce that misconception. Do you agree that there is a perceived difficulty in theology and what kind of things could you encourage our audience here to do to dive deeper into their own study of God, which is the definition of theology? Absolutely. You know, I think the biggest thing is if God has given you a hunger, we live in an age of resources. That's the beautiful part about the world we live in now. Is Everywhere. Everything's yeah. at our fingertips. It used to be you and I, if we wanted to grow— Back in the beginning of days of ministry, I had to order cassettes from somewhere and wait on them to get there, right? And pray the little spool didn't get caught up. And then it came to CDs and all that. Now, literally, I can jump on your podcast and grow. I can find another podcast and learn and say, man, I want to learn about, or what we challenge a lot of our church to do is, man, all of these seminaries offer lay classes that you can take. I mean, you can go... I remember here years ago, there was a guy named Ron Dunn, and Ron would travel the world as a great Bible teacher. And he used to say, you have as much of Jesus as you choose to have. Wow. And I would say it yeah. for us. I mean, I, yeah. I know as much about Jesus as I choose to know. I know as much about the Lord as I choose to know. And so the only thing affecting that is my ability to chase. The world is at our fingertips. And every podcast, you're giving resources on each of those topics that are right. a click away from me knowing more about God than I did yesterday. Mm. And That's I think sometimes I think we feel like I think we feel like first. So my brother is 11 years older than me, and I remember being in first grade. David was in 12th grade, and he was taking calculus. And I remember looking at his book on the table, going, "I will never get that." <laughs> well, I was in first grade. I was learning first grade math. Now, I never did get it, but I wasn't a senior in high school, right? I wasn't. Yeah. And I think sometimes we over, I think we look at God's word and go, well, I'll never get that rather than taking what we can know now and just every day going a step deeper. That's a great answer that it's up to us on how much we choose to chase mm. after God. That's beautiful, man. I, I love I that, that that idea. You know, a number of times here at Kitchen Table Theology, we have referred to Linganier Ministries back in 2020, did a survey, and they titled it The State of Theology in America. And I remember downloading it and starting to read through it, and it just scared me to death. 
And we had already started this podcast, so it just added a lot of fuel to the fire. But I wanted to read just three quick themes and results that they have arrived at after surveying the American Evangelical Church, and maybe get your thoughts on those. The first one says, it may be unsurprising that a majority of the general U.S. population rejects the deity of Christ, but now almost a third of American evangelicals agree that Christ was merely a great teacher. Mm. And then we go on. Many professing Christians also appear to be confused about the extent of sin's effects upon the human race. Nearly half of U.S. evangelicals believe that people are good by nature. And then, lastly, when we examine the survey results from the broader U.S. population, several concerning trends appear. The most consistent and concerning of these trends is the increasing rejection of the literal truth of God's Word, the Bible. So, Americans are increasing in their rejection of the Bible being the Word of God. A third of evangelicals believe Jesus was merely, and that word merely is important, merely a great teacher, which discounts him being the Son of God, obviously. And then half of U.S. evangelicals believe that we are good by nature. Now, we have some podcast listeners who do not live in the U.S. or Canada, but I've got to believe the numbers in your country would be similar. But Mike, how do you respond Mm. to that as a pastor with your experience? And you and I have seen the biblical illiteracy increase in the church over our ministry time. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I think, I think, you know, I have to look at my ministry and go, what of that am I to blame for? What have I not done a good job from student ministry yeah. days? You know, we went through the uh, entertain them and feed them and get them in and post up a number, but did we train them and teach them? I was listening to Tim Keller recently on uh, Carrie Newhoff's podcast, and Tim talked about, you know, he thinks the old catechism model there was something to be said for it because kids grew up knowing what they believe and Mm -hmm. know. And I think we've raised some generations of kids that really love church. I don't know if they knew what they really believe though. And I got to, I think I have to own some of that. I think the other part is, you know, that word Romans 12, one, I think the conforming piece, I think that our world is pressing us into a mold to be accepted. And we're seeing those come out in numbers. Now we're seeing it come out in people going, well, it's easier to say all roads lead to heaven and Islam and all the God's fine with all of them. As long as you have a religion, I think was which was one of the questions and we're seeing it and it's heartbreaking. And so it makes us, and I let, that's why I love what you're doing it makes us double down. It makes us go, okay, we're going to teach God's word. And we, because if you can't believe all of it, what can I believe? That's where I fall on it. So if some of it's not true, which part is not true? So either it is or it isn't. That's where we fall on the whole thing. And we choose to say, we believe it's exactly what God wants to know. And that's why he left it. And I'll let him deal with the ramifications of that later. But we, to combat that, have got to raise up a generation of people that know the word, not Mike's idea or the latest book, 
but know the word that's unchanging and immovable and worthy of our trust. And it's got to filter down. I know our high school ministry just this year, they moved their services to Sunday night. And so they said, Sunday mornings, we're starting a Bible study. It is a Bible study only. And we're walking through Genesis to Revelation over the course of a year. We're doing 52 weeks and they're packed, packed. There's no music. There's no lights. There's no games. They circle up, they get with their leader and they start in, but it shows that there's a hunger for it. Sure. And so, you know, I wonder if the tide's too big right now, you know, I have to be honest. I mean, it's scary. It is Mm -hmm. to think you and I aren't in the front end, you know, we're getting ready to hang on the fourth quarter here and what's coming behind us. It's scary. Mm -hmm. It really is scary. What repercussions do you see already as a result of this increasing disbelief? And I mean, to even call yourself an evangelical and not believe in the deity of Christ, I mean, in my mind, well, you're not an evangelical, but people think they are. Yeah, You know, they think they really believe the right stuff. And it's not like they're, I wonder how many of them just know the truth, but choose not to accept all of the truth, or how many of them have never been taught the reality of the deity of Christ or the infallibility, inerrancy, inspiration of the Word. What repercussions are you seeing already in churches, and what repercussions do you think we might have to be grappling with in the future as a result of this? Yeah, I think the repercussions are huge, and I think that it's going to be told over time what happens with it, but I think we all see it. I mean, if you say the wrong thing and it's not politically correct enough, it doesn't matter if those church people have been in our churches for 30 years, you feel some of the pushback on it that you wouldn't have felt 15 years ago. You wouldn't have felt that. And so you're dealing with, and man, you know, the part about it, Jeff, I just, I go back and I think John 10, 10, I know the life Jesus came to give. And I also know John 10, 9, The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And man, he has done a work. And he has gotten it to where you know enough, but he'd like to leave you there. I'll leave you at enough, but I don't want you to know anymore because that's where you're going to start living for the Lord. When you start studying God, you start living for God. You start finding out that I can't love God and not love people. I got to do both. Mm -hmm. And I can't love people rightly without loving God. And if he can keep us from that, He can do his work and make the church. And I think what's going to happen is make the church something that really is just like everything else. It's fine. It's good. But I don't know why I need to give up an hour for it. And I'll just go do what I'm going to do, and I'll catch it when I can. Right. And many have proven that as the result of COVID. I don't know how you all are. We're about 55% of our folks have returned Yep, we're at 60%, uh, just right with you. Yeah, all of our study, you know, every study I read, they tell you 30% of your people are never coming back. And you see a winnow, at least I do, I see a winnowing in the church. I see maybe a there's a bit of a cleaning out. We're finding out who's really on the team. Yep. But at the same time, if people are leaving because they don't understand the scriptures because and you're right. Some of this is surely laid in our laps. Have have I, have you, have we taught 
what we were supposed to teach? Have we done a good job of teaching people theology and making sure they believe? Because high school kids, I mean, you read the results of every survey, the time they leave, you know, a church-going teenager leaves right. high school, leaves your church, goes off to four-year of college, and around the things that I've read, 70 to 75% of them are no longer in church at, by the time they graduate from college. Yep. So we're missing, certainly missing something along those lines. Mike, as we start to draw to a close, is there one truth for you theologically that holds all the other truths together? Mm. Does that make sense? I mean, you know, there's not one theological principle, I think, that, you know, the deity of Christ is not subservient to the deity of the Holy Spirit. I mean, those things are equal, but what for you is the glue for the study of theology? Mm. You know, I would say that I go back to Christ's ministry, and I love mm. it because it gives all of us hope. And so I love that theology that was grounded into those 12 that Jesus kept reinforcing. And I would even say when he looked at them and he said, I know you got a lot coming, but I'm with you. I'm with you always, even till the end of the age. I'm not going to leave you guys on your own. I know I'm physically not going to be here. I'm not going to be present. But we were prayed for in John 17. He told us, man, before you've even come, you've been prayed for. And that theology that God is ever present and he is near, even as Paul said, God is near. He is with us. Man, if it was important enough for the disciples to know, I need to remember that because life's dawning and life's overwhelming. But to know he has us is everything. So much of, and of course, there's lots of deeper things, but I found in my life when the tough times come, it's the simple things I need to hang on to that take mm. me back to the deeper things. Right. Would you have a word or two of encouragement as we sign off today for our kitchen table theologians, a lot of folks are listening to us right now, as you well know from your own podcast, they're working out, they're walking, they're on a treadmill, they're driving in the car, or maybe they're just at the house somewhere. But, you know, we're all living this life. We're still, depending on where we live, at some level, we're all dealing with the pandemic. Man, we need some encouragement mm. each and every day, don't we? Is You got any words of encouragement for our kitchen table theologians today. I'll tell you, I was driving a few years ago. We shot a video with a gentleman. His name was Clarence Jett, Pastor Preacher Jett, what everybody called him. Preacher Jett was in his mid-90s, and so we'd shot a video, and I was driving him back to where he lived in outside Atlanta, and, and I said, Preacher Jett, I just can't tell you what it means that you would come pour into us and pour into our people. And he said, Mike, I'm going to tell you something, son. He said, Every time I open God's word every day, it's fresh and it's new and his mercies are new every morning. He said, the more I learn, the more I don't know. So never stop learning. <laughs> and I, that's my encouragement. You will never exhaust the depths of who he is. You will never exhaust it. You will never get to the end. And even when we get to heaven one day and we know all things, we're still not going to get it. We're still not going to be able to see the exhaustive resource that God is, and he's available to each of us. He's as available to you as he is to Jeff and I. 
is just as available and wants you to go searching and digging because what you find will change your life. Amen. So, so good. And may God give us a double portion of preacher jet, right? Amen. Wow. Mike, thank you so much for taking your time, pouring into the kitchen table theology audience. We're very grateful for you. Wish you the very best this fall for your football team as as you chaplain them on to victory. And where's the best place for us to find you on the social networks? You have a website. Where can we find Mike Lynch? Absolutely. So you can go to MikeLynchLinch.com or on Instagram or Twitter at Mike Lynch. Both of those will get you right to me. I follow you on Instagram and you're pretty active, man. You stay after it. I love your Instagram page. Thank you, buddy. So check that out. And uh, Kitchen Table Theologians, we will put all that in the episode notes as well. Don't forget to check out Lynch with a Leader, L-I-N-C-H, Lynch with a Leader, the podcast. Go do that before you get off today. Mike, you're a gift to the church, man. And we're so, so grateful for you. Thanks for being with us today. And Kitchen Table Theologians, we'll see you next time. And remember, the real power of theology is not just in knowing it, but applying it. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, you can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.